Okay, welcome to the Data-Driven CMO podcast where we're discussing the pains and resultant progress that the Data-Driven Chief Marketing Officer encounters today. Uh, today, I'm joined by Jennifer Dominichini, Chief Marketing and Digital Sales Officer at BBVA Compass Bank, one of the largest banks in the, uh, the United States. Jennifer, welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So, uh, looking, I've been looking forward to this interview, and um, I appreciate you making the time. Uh, let's jump right into it uh, and talk about it, uh, one of the most significant pains I think that uh, you and I have discussed uh, prior, which is really the steep learning curve required of chief marketing officers, especially with the present technology swarm upon us. As I think about it, most CMOs, when they started their careers, were uh, in charge uh, primarily of the creative elements and now have upon them requirements to uh, that many would say requires a, a, a deep computer sciences degree. Um, and so how does one effectively evaluate um, the right technology to proceed with um, to em- employ predictive analytic capabilities? Um, and I would suggest perhaps it's not just on your own, but maybe the teams you build around you. But how are you solving that steep learning curve uh, issue? Well, I absolutely agree with you that it is a challenge, but yet an opportunity to be a marketer of these because marketing really is now even more so than it ever was at the intersection of art and science. And data is fundamental to really making smart choices um, as a marketer, um, none of us as marketers have enough marketing dollars to go around usually. And so by having better data and, you know, underlying platforms to guide us, um, we're usually much more effective when we can use the data, you know, to make smart decisions. That said, there's a lot of heavy lifting that needs to get done. And there's a lot of collaboration across the organization that needs to happen in order to really make data and big data, you know, come to life in a, in a real tangible, visceral way. What I mean by that is I more and more as a CMO, I spend a lot of my time, yes, working on creative, but I spend a lot of other of my time working with my colleagues in my on my analytics team and in the engineering team and really thinking about the fundamental technology that's supporting all of our platforms and also making sure that our data can be accessed in a really easy um, streamlined kind of way. You know, good news about banking is you have a lot of data. Um, the bad news is a lot of times you have a lot of legacy platforms, and the platforms need to continue to evolve, and the practices around data need to continue to evolve as well. We um, definitely need to continue to build um, not only the technologies, though, which is what sometimes I think people get too caught up in is only thinking about it through a tool or a technology lens, we really have to work on best practices around processes, skills, um, and the technologies in order to make analytics, you know, really useful in the organization. And there's a lot of change management that needs to happen um, as well. Um, one thing, you know, that I need to do very much in my role is work with a lot of different other parts of the organization in order to not only secure the funding that we need to be able to support our analytics. Uh, agenda and our transformation, but also to make sure that we view this as a an iterative process. This isn't a once-and-done, quote-unquote, project or technology implementation. It's kind of a way of life. Yeah, no, uh, excellent. I, you know, I remark on your title. I've always known you as a CMO, but 
uh, now conscious title as Evolve to Chief Marketing and Digital Sales Officer. So that already implies uh, greater knowledge of the technology required uh, to to win uh, for your bank today. Can you uh, describe to your peers what you've done or what they may uh, do to become more technically oriented, to be able to compete, to be able to capably evaluate um, these technologies? Is, there's, is there a personal path you've taken to be able to do that uh, well, not just in nomenclature, but really um, in achievement? Well, I mean, certainly my role isn't really about driving digital sales, but also using digital to support the growth of the overall bank. Um, I also have analytics and online account origination of creating the actual digital products um, to to serve our customers. Um, So it's a kind of a comprehensive role, which is great. Um, My path, honestly, has always been about surrounding my people, excuse me, myself, with people who know a lot about their area of expertise. And so I couldn't really be driving out an analytical agenda to this organization without the support of a great team, whether they directly work for me or they're in other support areas, in our, in our case, like in engineering. Um, so really being able to, to learn from others is something that I've you know, had to do. But also because my career has always been a little bit at the intersection of, like I said earlier, the art and the science of marketing. Mm-hmm. Analytics have always been, you know, front and center to what I've always, you know, been involved with. Um, I would also say, though, that there's a lot about technology that I don't know everything I need to know because it changes so quickly. And so I like to spend time to the extent I can with, um, you know, vendor partners and really learning a little bit more about their technology stacks and what they have to offer and really trying to think about how we can bring, you know, some of that in-house, but also just be on the lookout for new things and just keep as fresh and abreast of what's happening in the world at large, um, because one of the challenges, you know, in a role like mine is you could get so caught up in your day-to-day just getting stuff done that you don't stay connected to the world at large, and the world, as you mentioned, is changing very, very fast. So on the digital sales side for the bank, I mean, we've really built the team up from the bottoms up and the ground up, and our analytics team, we took from really being a team that was doing your traditional analytics functions, generating leads for branches and all that, and really have tried to transform them all into di- digital analysts as well. And, you know, we have people that think about big, big data. We have think people that really are thinking about um, omni-channel CRM across all of our key touch points. We have people really thinking about how do we build, you know, a better digital data mark to bring all our data together so people can use it uh, and visualize the data better. Um, and a lot of the people that we have, um, you know, have been in the business for many, many years, but every single one of us has had to really learn and evolve our craft, if that makes sense, right? What used to be key in the past isn't what's going to be key in the future. And so the willingness to learn um, and to admit that sometimes you don't know everything, but, you know, if you have a point of view that this is important, you're going to stick to your netting and you're going to start learning um, as much as you need to. And um, that's kind of how I've, you know, honestly been able to kind of advance my careers, always trying to learn, you know, kind of what's coming next. And then, like I said earlier, learn from the people who know a lot on a practical level what, what this is, hap- what's happening. Wonderful. Thank you for that. I, I, um, I think about the challenges um, that you have crushing in on you, right? We talked about technology swarm, uh, learning curve. You've spoken about your team quite a bit. Um, or you've mentioned them, they're certainly 
the support you need, and yet there's another challenge. There's not enough data science talent out there. Um, yet, yet another one I imagine is your CEO is putting increasing pressure on you to drive the growth agenda through um, analytics, through predictives, through data. Um, I, I guess the question is, again, speaking to your peers here, as this is a, a podcast uh, by and for CMOs, how do you how do you maneuver out of that box best? Um, and you know, is there any one panel that you hit first? Is it about uh, having a capable plan to to bring in your data science talent? Is it setting better expectations with your CEO? Is it having a conscious plan to um, uh, uh, effectively persuade the organization that um, the, the adventure that is data science is going to work out for the positive ROI for the bank. It, it, any any thoughts on, on which of those panels to push on? Well, I think really there's a lot of education that still needs to happen in, in, in large companies. Everybody understands data is important, but the intricacies of data and predictive analytics not a, not a, are not as widely understood. But if you can simplify what you're trying to do and, and why you're trying to do it and why that data comes in handy and why you need data scientists and not only the people but the processes to support um, your data and your transformation, I should say, it, it makes it easier for people to get why you need to do what you need to do. For example, I mean, we've simplified, honestly, what we're trying to do into four distinct pillars, um, acquisition, onboarding, deepening, and retention. Now, that seems really simple, mm-hmm. but under each one of those, there's a ton of data that you can use to get, be, get, get better at each and every one of those. So whether there is using the data to provide you know, automated triggers for event-based marketing, um, that's just one example. If you're using the data to know what kinds of clients have a, you know, a, a retention risk, that's another you know, great use of the data. If you're trying to use your data to really help your digital marketing efforts target the right people in the right places at the right time, that's another good use of the data. If you're trying to really understand the total picture of your client and, you know, from end to end, how profitable and how, you know, much opportunity do we still have with that customer, that's another example. We've tried to make it kind of clear to the other lines of business why the data helps us achieve business outcomes versus trying to convince everybody that big data in and of itself is important. Um, And when we were able to do that, people realized, okay, yes, we do need to invest in the platform. Yes. We do need to invest in the people. Yes, we do need to expose our existing people to the new trends and the new tech, you know, new concepts and all out there. And so I don't think I have a secret sauce for building the team, but what I can tell you is fundamental. You are going to get people who just really don't understand what it is. Right. But if you can explain to them the simple ways this data and the data transformation can help them, it makes it easy to justify why you need you know, to bring in data scientists and why you need to continue to do this over and over and over again. I think there is sometimes in technology, um, sometimes a perception that it's a project and it's a once and done thing. Once we install platform X, we're done. And what I would say is this is an ongoing journey. This is not a once and done exercise because you can always get better. You can always get smarter. And it's ironic because it seems like once you finally get things up and running, your technology needs an update anyway. So you can't stop. And um, I think being able to get people to understand that data is 
is key to, you know, it's a life vein of what, lifeblood of what we do as an organization. But unless you're thinking it, about it holistically from a people, process, technology, asset, and culture perspectives, for that matter, you can't be, you can't be as fast as you need to be. Wonderful. Uh, you know, as you uh, went towards the end of that response, I, and I, I build this to my final question for you, which is, uh, you, you started talking about how you do build confidence and trust uh, in moving forward with a big data initiative, right? Big data, depending on the organization, may, may have a very good name. It may have one that's like, we've been trying this for years and we don't have a difference. Um, each CMO is going to have their own situation and legacy they're living with and, and frankly, applicability of, of data in the growth strategy. But would you have any tactical advice for your peers as to how step-by-step they could um, build, you know, they've been given responsibility for the big data initiatives to drive uh, the uh, the growth agenda for the firm, but how do they get the the company off the dime? How do they build confidence and trust? Anything, any tactical advice there, just things that have worked for you to to get um, initiatives going? I, I believe putting points on the board is really important. Because I think when you talk about something that's so big, like analytics and big data and, you know, words that it probably people use, but not everybody is aligned in even what they really mean and how they're going to be used, um, you can wind up thinking about things in terms of, you know, massive implementations, massive projects, without there being kind of a, what I call more agile approach to getting output out quickly. And so we at the bank have really tried to employ agile methodologies, not only in engineering, but in just the way we work. And so we can go back and share, you know, proof points of how we've actually used the data to make better decisions, use the data to actually, you know, address those four pillars that I mentioned, you know, use the data to really drive our, our sales and our engagement with our clients. Because I think when you, you build trust by leading by example, and having really compelling things that you can point to that actually worked, right? I think if you try and talk about and over-intellectualize a lot of times, you know, a transformation um, around analytics, people, you, you, may be, may, you might lose people. Mm-hmm. And if you make it real for people and you show people what, what are tangible things that you're actually doing that you can actually show, it makes it a lot, lot easier for people. Right? So if I'm talking about a next best sale propensity model, that sounds very interesting, but not everybody understands what that exactly even means. But when I talk about how we're actually going to be you know, serving up in an automated way across all of our touch points, offers that are the most likely products that our clients should have in addition to the ones they currently have, that makes a lot more sense, and particularly when you can start to show that you know, your cross-sale rate has gone up, right, or whatever the metric that you're using to judge the success of your actions. So long-winded way of saying, I think it's important to demystify what this what this data is used for, make it real, make it visceral for people who have a stake in the game, but then also, you know, show some progress along the way. Don't just talk about a nine-month, you know, project, but talk about, okay, what am I going to do for you in the next few weeks? What am I going to do in the next sixty days? Make it real and make it and make it personal, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, as you speak to those two week and sixty day intervals, uh, I guess it just brings to mind the old adage: "What's the best way 
to eat the elephant one bite at a time. Um, and uh, so that's what you're doing at BBVA. That's great. Well, Jen, I want to thank you for your time and for your advice to your fellow chief marketing officers here on uh, the pains and progress of, of data science and uh, here on the data-driven CMO. Thank you so much, Jen. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it, John.